Welcome to Ramplify, a student-centered podcast hosted by the Center for Career Equity, Development, and Success at Suffolk University. This podcast is produced to support the ways you think about, talk about, and engage with career readiness and career self-management. Hi, I'm your host, Jake, and today I'm joined with Talia Yunin, Global Internal Communications Associate Consultant at Liberty Mutual Insurance. Talia, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining us in the studio. How was your commute in? It was great. It was leaving the house for the first time in a while. It was really nice. And you're also a uh, two-time Suffolk alum, is that correct? I am, yes. 2015 and 2018. Nice. And we'll get into some of that in just a bit. But what's it like being back on campus for you? Well, it's been so long since I've been a student at Suffolk, but I was kind of always hanging around because I ended up having friends at the library and just like working in downtown town at the Federal Reserve right after college. So it it just feels like another home. It's very familiar. That's good. I'm glad to hear it. Can you tell us what your Suffolk story is, right? How did you get here? What did you do while you were here? And what have you been up to since? My Suffolk story, actually, it was kind of winding. Like I was originally meant to go to Stony Brook when I graduated from Newton North years ago. And probably like a month before I was meant to go to Stony Brook, I was trying to figure out financial aid and something pulled me to stay here in Boston. So I actually ended up going to Bunker Hill for a semester, then UMass Lowell, and then I ended up at Suffolk after a year. So one semester at Bunker, one at UMass Lowell. And I remember being at UMass Lowell and just being not ready to dorm. It just wasn't the experience for me. I liked Suffolk because it was in the city and I could work and go to school and I was kind of always doing that. So my first major here was economics and I took a class. I didn't love it. It was actually really difficult for me for some reason. And then I ended up changing my major to advertising and then finally landing on PR journalism. So there were a lot of like twists and turns with undergrad and I finally ended up transferring here and really liked it. Yeah, for sure. I know that the transfer student experience can present unique challenges. It can be uniquely different just from a student's experience who directly matriculates from high school into college and stays there for you know three, four, five years. What was your experience as a transfer student to Suffolk University? I remember at the time when I went to Bunker Hill and UMass Lowell and transferred into Suffolk, I remember keeping it close to the Chester vest. Like I didn't really share it with anyone in my immediate circle. Like they kind of knew about my journey, but I didn't love to discuss it because I thought it's not traditional and people might think I'm on the wrong path. But I always had that knowing that I would end up in the field that I was meant to be in and in the school I was meant to be in. So it was definitely, it was a quiet time for me. I just worked and went to school, but I ended up joining the Suffolk Journal, which ended up being like my group of friends in my home. And we traveled together to LA. I was news editor for the journal and that definitely helped like my transfer experience. Yeah. Finding a community can usually be a great way for students to feel like they're part of of the larger Suffolk community. And so I'm glad to hear that you were part of the Suffolk Journal. As a news editor, what were some of the, the things that you covered or some of your main responsibilities? On a weekly basis, I remember Tuesday nights, I don't know if this is still the case, but Tuesday nights, that was like the night where we prepped all the weekly stories. We did a final review on them and we essentially laid them out in Adobe InDesign. Those were basically our longest days, but then we would also have like a day where we would hear members of the Suffolk Journal, they would pitch stories. So for me, it was news stories and we would, with the editor-in-chief, think about what would make sense for that week. 
week. And then we would work on the stories throughout the week. I would work with the journalists that were drafting them. And then it would start all over Tuesday again, laying out. So that was really fast paced, but I really, really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed interviewing people. That was part of the reason why PR and journalism made a lot of sense for me. Yeah, it sounds like in the Suffolk Journal, you had a lot of close working relationships. Wondering if any of those folks you worked with, either other editors, journalists, or the editor-in-chief, you still stay in contact with, or if you've seen them in the journalistic community within the greater Boston area? I have Melissa Hansen. I am not exactly sure what paper she's working for now, but she is very successful. Also, Alexa Gagas, who was a freshman editor, she was just amazing off the bat. She actually works at the Boston Globe. Oh, awesome. That's yeah. really cool. We'll have to get um, all of y'all together back for like a networking event or, or something like I that know, in the future. That would that'd be, be awesome. That'd be a lot of fun. So you mentioned that you started as an econ major, but transitioned into what you now know to be your life's work and like your passion, something that you're really good at, communications, public relations, all of those sorts of things. What was the rationale or the reasoning behind that transition? What have been some of your inspirations when it comes to the communications work that you do now? There were a few moments or points, like I've always loved writing and I think the people around me knew that and encouraged that. There were a few things. So the Boston Marathon bombing, I remember that after the manhunt happened, they held the press conference in the parking lot where I was working at the time. And I thought that was really interesting just that they were going on record to explain what happened and just like the idea of a press conference I really liked. And then in pop culture, which pop culture is always influential, it was Olivia from Scandal. Mm. I really liked, although the stuff that she did had a lot of spin to it. I just loved the position that she was in as a woman and just being amazing in her field, like whatever she did. And then I, at the time, I remember being more introverted because I would kind of work and go to school and I had like a mission about me. I just like wanted to do this thing, which was finish school and find my career. But I remember in my free time, I would always watch interviews. So it could be like Oprah or a Vogue or Vanity Fair interview or The Breakfast Club or Jesus First Marrow. So I would listen to podcasts and watch interviews. And I've always just liked hearing people's perspectives and their stories and their level of self-awareness and, and learning from that. So I think the human experience and how stories are told really just resonate with me. It's amazing that inspiration can come from anywhere and everywhere. Do you have any advice for students who are like, I'm just not feeling inspiration coming from anywhere. It seems like, of course, the citywide tragedy in the, in the Boston Marathon bombings, as well as more lighthearted, just pop culture really sort of are some of the pillars of your inspiration. Where can students look for inspiration? Where can they find some of those things that are just going to show them who they're going to be as a professional or open up their career path with wider eyes? I would say that sometimes things present themselves to you like you don't always have to go looking for them. In retrospect, I see these moments and I'm like, okay, that's probably why I chose PR and journalism. But sometimes things unfold in front of you and it, it might not be conventional advice, but as you're working toward whatever major you chose for whatever reason, like if it sparks joy or if it's more of a, a choice that was made for safety, I think even when you get to the application, when you start applying for jobs, things may open up for you that you didn't expect and just staying open to the experience and being present and seeing how you feel. I think that's how your purpose unfolds because I know for me, I started off wanting to go to a four-year college and then I didn't know that that wasn't going to be for me at first. I had to experience the community college, the UMass Lowell, 
economics, advertising. It wasn't until I experienced things that I knew. So I would say not to pressure yourself into a career because you might just let it unfold naturally. I love that. There's something really special about a really organic experience within your professional world of work rather than something that's like, I knew for the last 40 years I was going to do this, 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 and this, and this. But just letting it happen and saying yes to the opportunities that feel spiritually aligned or emotionally aligned as well as professionally aligned. I think that's really important. I agree. I think you know, we're always searching and doing. And I think switching to being and kind of surrendering to whatever happens is very important, especially within the context of our society. You feel like you have to get the job, you have to make the money, you have to look good while doing it, but sort of surrendering and letting things come to you is really, really important. We talked a little bit about who your inspirations were and what sort of things in and around your world inspired you. Are there any mentors that you can point back to people in your personal life, whether that's family members, colleagues at work that have really just showed you the way? And, and that you can attribute some of your success to? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I had so many formal and informal mentors. I think my whole family, there are just people in my life that I go to for different reasons with different questions. At first, I didn't have any formal mentors. That was when I got to the Federal Reserve, I actually formally reached out for a career mentor. Usually it's like, oh, I really like the way that this person does things and then I'll reach out to them for, for mentorship. But I remember while I was at Suffolk, my teachers were amazing. Professor Cindy Rosari was one that I really loved. And I apologize if I forget others' names, but I would always ask them for guidance and advice and my career path. And then when I got into the professional world, basically my whole way I approach that is if I like how someone works and, and just kind of how they do things, I'll reach out to have some time with them and, and learn from them and ask them specific questions. You were a student here not so long ago, but also it was before I started at Suffolk University in the Career Center. I'm wondering if there are folks in the Career Center who supported you in your first couple of jobs or internships or, or ways that Suffolk University has supported you in that way. Oh, absolutely. So I feel bad because I, I can't remember his name, but I came to the Career Center for help with my resume and cover letter. It was probably when I was a year away from graduating. I was looking for an internship actually. So this was my first experience. I ended up getting a co-op as a ghostwriter for a wealth management firm, which was really cool. Basically the founder of this co-op, he had a weekly blog to his clients. So I would show up and they would give me an assignment like write about estate planning. And then that's what I would learn about and write about on the spot. So it was an amazing experience. So I had that. And then when I graduated, actually my, my role at the Federal Reserve, I found that through the Career Center's resources. I remember keeping a spreadsheet when I graduated of like date, place I applied, the link to the place that I found that role, everything, everything. And I, I think I applied to like a hundred jobs and then I ended up with three options and the Federal Reserve was one of them and it was where I ended up working for a few years. A lot of students don't see or know about the behind the scenes work that it takes, right? Like creating that spreadsheet, knowing exactly what you're applying to so that you can do follow-ups, so you're prepared for the interviews, all of those things can be really, really important for the student who's like trying to operationalize their success, right? When you're trying to like figure out a strategy that's going to ensure your career success. Sometimes it takes hearing these tips from folks like you. So thank you so much for sharing that. No, no problem. And the help from the Career Center, just the resources, The I'm giving a, a shout out here, but like the resources that you have, they're extremely helpful. Mm, well, yeah. thank you so much. We take all the <laughs> shout outs we can get. <laughs> um, so one sort of, I guess, final question I have for you. You mentioned that your progression through college was sort of non-traditional, non-linear, right? Do you have any advice for students who might be experiencing some of those same things, right? Who are 
transfer students from other institutions and are not really sure how to share that with their friends or faculty, maybe holding a little bit of shame or guilt. What advice do you have for students who are trying to figure it out but are hitting some road bumps? I think being honest with yourself about where you want to be in two, three, four years is important. Worrying less about social judgment and just working in areas that you know you need to work in. So you know that for yourself. That's step one. Step two is you reach out to people who are doing that thing or just people you admire and you find answers that way. Search online, you go to the career center, you join a club at Liberty. Anything you can do to find your answers and improve in those areas, then you do that. And then the third thing, which I think is really important, is surrender. Like once you've done everything you can and you've been honest with yourself about the work you need to do, then just see what happens. You you can't do anything else. Mm, I love it. I love that it starts with that self-reflection piece. It starts with not where can I find the answer outside of me, but maybe the answer exists within me, right? Like maybe problem solving and thinking this critically and meeting with folks is a good first place to be. Talia, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your wisdom and your brilliance. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed the rest of your day. This has been a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening. As always, be sure to check out our website at suffolk.edu slash career center and follow us on social media at suffolk underscore careers.